your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a what day is today? Thursday? No, it's Wednesday. Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight. 785-7914 is talking text line. Adam Murphy is on the phone with me from, I assume, across the state in Milwaukee. Adam, is that where you're at? I'm I'm hanging out in Milwaukee County, down in Franklin. Yep. Right. Okay, so I brought you on, uh, former uh, failed Senate candidate for the Democrats <laughs> in Wisconsin. <laughs> I love to do that one. Um, political blowhard, that's what we call him. Uh, small business Beautiful. owner, he owns Big Bang LLC, which is computer nerd stuff. I don't even want to get into it. Um, and, yep. and you are, you are a computer nerd. And then, um, okay. So you're in Milwaukee. Well, in two days we're having a debate between Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson and it's televised, uh, Brad Williams, Wisdom's Brad Williams going to be part of this debate. One of the six panelists. So I brought you on. I, I feel like, uh, we, we could talk about debates in general. And then this debate itself, uh, do you, did you make any effort to go? I don't even know if people can go or if it's just going to be. I don't know the, the, the totally the format. You know, I haven't looked into the format. I'll watch it uh, like I did with, with some of the other debates, uh, the gubernatorial debates, and I'll probably do some running commentary on it. I unfortunately have a funeral on, on Friday, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it live. Uh, but it's it, it'll be fascinating, right, because... You know, the honest truth, as much as I support Mandela Barnes as a Democrat, um, neither candidate really talks about their ideas and solutions and and suggestions. Mandela may be somewhere than Ron Johnson. Um, You know, Ron Johnson just has pointless attacks and has no ideas. But I think it'll be really fascinating. And I don't know if it'll be in the same structure as the Senate debate was, where uh, the two moderators from... I forget if it was TMJ down here, but the two moderators that, that ran the last one were really good about kind of forcing the issue with uh, the questions with the candidates when they didn't answer. And, you know, we, we know the candidates don't like to answer questions. So I'll be really curious to see if they kind of hold their hold their feet to the fire. I, I really hope they do. Yeah, the mo- I'd love to see some actual answers. I think the moderator in these debates might be the most underrated person because their their role is is often important uh, in, in the area here. UW Lacrosse as political science professor Dr. Anthony Jagoski is going to be that moderator, and you know just I'm I've only been doing this for so long, and I've only actually had to go through really one one of these two every two years one of these where I've been like deep diving into what's going on, and then also like putting my hands out and going, get away. I don't want to like, because I don't like when you, you talk to me before the show, the amount of TV ads, you're like, Hey, how many TV ads? And I'm like, I have YouTube TV and I record everything. And I started a little later if I need to watch it live, like a football game and therefore fast forward all the TV ads and literally just don't watch any of them. Unless I want to hate watch one of them once in a while, just to see like what's going on. But um, yeah, there's been a study on the amount of TV ads and you know, like uh, the Wisconsin Senate race, I, I'll read this from, I'll, I'll, I, I'll pull up the link here in a second. The Wisconsin Senate race has seen the most broadcast adver- advertising in the last two weeks with over 14,000 spots. So 14,000 TV ads in the last two weeks um, beat just the Senate race. So that's not even, uh, you know, that's not even like every other thing that's going on. And um, yeah, it's... I, t- I talk about this probably probably every other day at least. Uh, those TV ads um, often don't solve any problems. 
I, I want to solve some problems. So I want to I want to solve inflation with you here in a minute. I tried to right. I tried to solve inflation the other day. I don't know if I did with uh, John Robinson from Viterbo, but um, these TV ads just what what would you say stoke the fire so to speak between the divisiveness of Democrats and Republicans. And I always look at those ads and I think, man, that's I don't even care like this. I don't like you more because of this TV ad. But every political person that I talk to says, no, these divisive ads, they work. This is what gets people fired up. I don't, I, and I just roll my eyes. It's it's really fascinating. And, I, and so much of it comes down to uh, the, the undecided voters. Right. That's kind of who they're targeting. The weird thing with television right now. And, and I'll throw out two things. I've got a friend of mine who's a, a news producer for one of the TV stations down here in Milwaukee. And they're not, and maybe this is the same thing for you guys with, with AM radio because of the public nature of it, but they're not allowed to decline taking a TV ad from a political candidate. And so the, the local news is where local channels make the most money, right, uh, from advertising. And they've actually had to cut into two or three minutes worth of local news time, which is only a half an hour, because of the insane number of political ads that are being purchased uh, from them because they can't say no. Um, so that's, that's I, I mean, the, the, it just blows me away. I mean, it goes, and, you could you compare that right up to a story today on wisdomnews.com. Barnes raises $20 million more in Wisconsin Senate race. Right. So, uh, you know, he's got to spend that money. And, you know, yeah. uh, Adam, if I, I don't want political ads to take over my local news, but also, like, just take the three minutes from the weather. Like, I don't, I, I got a phone. <laughs> I can see what it, I can look out the window. I'm good. I don't, I don't need meteorologists, you. you know, Bert Blylevin telling me the, the weather. I don't know why I made him a twins pitcher, but I did. <laughs> well, and the, the other thing is, is that what, uh, you know, you said Barnes just raised $20 million. And I had talked about this with, with the campaign when I was in it was this race in Wisconsin is going to be well over probably a hundred million dollars per side, right? The 20 million that Barnes raised was on top of, I think, 6 million before that. Um, but that doesn't include all of the PACs and the super PACs and stuff like that that are running all of their own ads, right? The Truth in Wisconsin PAC and yada, yada, yada. Um, so we'll probably be looking at a couple hundred million dollars being spent. And so much of it is on TV, which what I find just dumb about that is when we look at the data, uh, only about a third of people get their news from the television nowadays. Most of them are on social media, or you mentioned like YouTube TV, lacrosse, lacrosse talk to you, Hulu, right? All of that, <laughs> exactly, totally, one hundred percent. You know, listening to your podcast, and so it's a, it's an insane amount of money that's being spent to target a limited number of people that, for the most part, have already made up their mind. Uh, so I don't get it. Uh, and and I, when we were talking before, I said, you know, if I were still in this, or if I run again, whatever, if I've got TV ads to do. Mine is going to be as simple as something like, hey, it needs more than 30 seconds in order to talk about this. Come over to the website. Come out of the social media. Ask me questions. Uh, and, and I'd actually respond to all of these, uh, quite frankly, BS commercials um, and, and talk, about the, talk about the issues and respond to things. All right. That's Adam Murphy, our political blowhard to bring on every about once a month to, to talk about this stuff. Uh, we we got to take a break. I want to I rip on him a little bit more about uh, Mandela Barnes's $20 million that he didn't get to raise. We'll be back. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Adam Murphy, our political blowhard, uh, small business owner. He owns Big Bang LLC. Uh, computery stuff if you uh, if you want to go look up what that is. Um, and then uh, if anyone wants to call, 608-785-7914. If they got you know a political take, uh, Adam would love to, to I guess, debate you on it because we have uh, debates coming up. We don't have, Adam, we don't have a debate in our third congressional district uh, between Derek Van Orden and Brad Paff. Van Orden says the media is too biased and he wanted a town hall. But if you just say that, it's hard to set up a town hall in a month. Uh, that would be relevant. You you need a crowd for a town hall, and I don't think you can do that in a month. So we're just not going to have a debate in our third congressional district. That's just crap. I mean, quite <laughs> frankly, it's it, it's. I don't know how else to describe it. And we've seen it. It's gotten worse and worse at all levels. Um, you know, there used to be. I think in the Senate race, uh, there used to be at least three uh, publicly aired debates. Now we're down to just one. Uh, the the presidential ones have have declined, uh, you know, and and how we've had presidents just decline to participate. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that because I love them. Quite frankly, I love participating in them. I enjoy uh, that that uh, the, the opportunity to explain myself and to challenge people and to be challenged. I think it's I, I think it's a lot of fun, quite frankly, as a politician. Well, can I just jump into, uh, let's say, Derek Van Orden's shoes or a Republican shoes? Does the, and saying the media is biased, it's a it's the perfect excuse. But uh, in my head, I feel like you're you're saying that the media, like you're thinking less of the media to be able to ask questions that are relevant to the the race itself. Because we could get on here and go, Derek, why did you bring a gun to the airport? And, and have one bullet in the chamber or why were you on the Capitol lawn? Like those, like to me, those questions aren't, aren't helpful to what you would, re- what you would do to represent the house, of Re- you know, in the house of representatives to represent the third congressional district. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe you would get some journalists that would ask that question, but uh, that seems to be the yeah, fight but- going on right now in the media or not in the media, but in the, in the campaign campaigns, that's all they, they want to talk about instead of like the actual issues. And that's not what a debate is, right? None of these coordinated, organized debates that are coordinated between, uh, for example, here in Wisconsin, they're coordinated between the state parties, the, the Democrat and the Republican parties. Um, same thing at the federal level, right? There's, there's organization. Uh, and you don't necessarily get the questions, but we can anticipate the questions being reasonable, being associated with policy, being associated with things that you have said, uh, and that sort of thing. And so it, all that that comes down to, uh, quite frankly, is that the GOP, and, and this is so true here in Wisconsin, but really across the country, the GOP has no ideas. They have no policies. They have nothing to stand on. And all they're trying to do is cheat and steal the elections, right? We, we were talking about it earlier where you've got um, people here in, in the state of Wisconsin that are on committees and, and uh, that are uh, appointed by the governor. And the Wisconsin State Senate, controlled by the GOP, has said, nope, we're not going to approve anybody. And they've said, oh, and these people, even though their their term is up, they don't have to leave. And the GOP-controlled Wisconsin Supreme Court has agreed with that, which is flabbergasting. And I don't, I don't care what your opinion is regarding, you know, with me uh, on a topic, right? We could talk abortion. We could talk taxes. We, could, we can talk policy. But when you... When your party that you're supporting is literally just trying to cheat the entire community, the entire state, and the entire nation out of their election, you can't 
support that. I mean, this would be this would be uh, that, that's how the GOP is. This would be uh, a little bit apples to oranges. But if Governor Evers lost the election, I mean, we did this with the president, right? And he just said, "I'm not going to step down." And you know, Tim Michaels says, "Well, I'm the governor. The, the, I was voted in." And Evers like, "No, it's cool." And then the Supreme Court rules that Evers can. <laughs> keep, that's what's going on <laughs> on these boards. It's a little different because Evers is nominating people for these boards, but uh, I'll just use the DNR board because that's the one I know the best. Fred Preen has been on the DNR board for well over a year. His term has been expired for well over a year. The second his term expired, Governor Evers nominated someone to take his position. That position would have, and I don't know why this is, but would have swung the DNR policy board from Republican to Democrat. It's one seat away from being uh, leaning one way or the other. Why the DNR policy board is uh, divisive like that or... I just say divisive, but political, I don't know. Um, I feel like we could get people in the DNR that don't care about politics and only care about policy, but whatever. That's a different conversation. Um, so Fred Preen refuses to step down. The Senate says, eh, we don't. if we don't confirm him, confirm the new person, then Fred can stay in the position. And then the Supreme Court says, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like what? Right. It's, it's, right. And uh, there's several of those in the state of Wisconsin, and they're all the GOP. Yeah. So literally, folks, for, for those of you that are listening, again, happy to debate anything policy-wise. These people don't have a policy. They don't have an idea, and they are cheating you. That's it. They're a bunch of liars and cheaters. Um, I, w- I want to bring up in a minute here. I got a call. I want to go to a call. But in a minute, the Governor right. Evers proposed something yesterday in a special session. He proposed this weeks ago, and the special session date was yesterday. Yep. It doesn't have to do with abortion, but it could deal with abortion. Ron Johnson, a Republican, you say you know Republicans don't stand for anything, supported this idea by Governor Evers, but the state legislature refused to even debate the idea in session, even though they've been off. They've literally been off since March, people. They've been off since March. They're taking a 10-month vacation to campaign, um, but I want to get to the phone here. Caller, who's this? Hi, Hello. my name is Joey. Hey, Joey, you're on with Adam. Go ahead. Hi, um, I, I I have a very um, specific question because um, they, they said that they were going to do um, a student loan forgiveness, which would help me out because they've garnished my wages over many years. And I only owe thirteen thousand, and I know that that sounds like a lot of money, but to, to to other people it doesn't sound like anything. And my husband now he's going back to school, and I'm trying to get him scholarships, and and I would like to go back to school too. So like for to have me have a student loan forgiveness would give me the privilege of going back. to again and i want to hear what your opinion is on that all right well thanks for the call i i, I will say adam i just before you answer and do it quickly because we spent a, almost an entire hour on this last time you were here <laughs> right so the math on it the data the the economic impact is so easy and so beneficial first of all we know we uh, economists have done um, uh, some of their studies and analysis of it and this uh the student loan uh program will have a net positive to the economy of about 0.1%. It's incredibly small, but it'll actually be positive. It won't cost us money. It won't cost taxpayers anything. Now, it doesn't fix the problem going forward. We still have to deal with student loans and the cost of college. But here's the other thing that we know. We know that the average college student that gets a gets a degree, and this is finishing the degree, makes right now about $600,000 more over the course of their career. Now, that's over 40 years, so it's not like they're getting $600,000 up front for those of you that are going to go, hey, if they're making all that money, they can pay their loans. It's over the course of time. But more importantly, 
that generates about $150,000 in taxes, which means it literally is a profit, <laughs> a profitable uh, endeavor for the government to um, take care of student loans as well as, in the grand scheme of things, to take care of college tuition. We should have K-16. It should be free. It should be available. Yes, private colleges can charge what they want and do what they want, but we would make so much more money, and it would lower the taxes for everybody that's listening that says it's going to cost more. No, it's not. It would actually lower your taxes because the average college grad will pay in more in taxes than the cost of their tuition. It makes good economic sense. There's a there's a conservative group, Wisconsin law firm, uh, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. They're suing, I believe, the Biden administration, uh, yep. one of the, probably a billion lawsuits. And um, this this is the same group that's threatened to sue the city of La Crosse uh, over its conversion therapy ban. But I, I, I will say anyone that reads a story like this, look at the numbers and then look at the years because you just threw out that number, $600,000, and you're like, whoa, and you're like, over 40 years, people, because they'll throw out a, a number that's a trillion or hundreds of billions. Right. But the next part of that is how many years, because it's not one year or the next five years. It's always like over a decade. So you have to do the math because yep. the, the math is always, uh, it, you know, like, oh, my God, it's $500 million. No, it's actually $50 million a year. Um, all right. We got another call. Caller, who is this? Hello. Nick. Hello. All right. Good call. Uh, 608-785-7914. Call me back if you uh, hear this. Um, okay, we were talking about the debate. Barnes and Johnson going to debate on Friday. Brad Williams from the Wisdom Newsroom is going to be part of this debate in Milwaukee. Uh, you don't live tweet this stuff, Adam. I, I'm watching the debate. I want to, If I want to see commentary, I want to read it afterwards. Right? Like You don't need to live tweet it. Um, but no problem. A story today. Mandela Barnes raises another $20 million. Another $20 million. Now, you... We're in this race for the Senate. First of all, um, could you imagine what you could you imagine? Because you probably have imagined, man, if I was in Mandela's position right now, I would have another 20 million dollars to play with. Um, What would you do with that money? Uh, Well, certainly I wouldn't be doing nearly as much TV ads. But when when I was running my campaign, a huge part of what I was trying to do was was I had a staff for research um, and I paid them. Right. We didn't have unpaid interns. So that actually would be a large part of what I'd be doing. And then it would be engaging with people around the state. And that means social media. That means, you know, newspaper. That means stuff like doing this, you know, where we're really engaging with you, with your listeners. Um, and then turning around and, and compiling that, which is a huge pain in the ass. Uh, it, you know, you, you clean up uh, this for your podcast. And, and I know that you know how much time it takes. And so that's part of what I'd be doing, too, is we'd have video and audio, and audio editing crews going through, putting all this up making it available and easily accessible for people so that we can really delve into to issues in detail. I don't I hate the 15, I don't clean second, this 30 second meme. I don't clean this up at all. I, I put it I try to get it up as soon as possible. I put it up 15 minutes after the show. I I raise the levels a little bit. That's all I do, Adam. Come on, I'm trying to help you out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this hours, is raw. You get the you get the raw podcast. There's no editing, so when I hiccup or or stumble all over myself, you get that. You get that right in the podcast. I, the only thing I'll cut is like the the 20 seconds at the beginning of the show when I forget to turn the board on, which happens like once a month. <laughs> All right. I've, I've recently uh, contracted to start a podcast and, and it, I, it's video and I know how much time and effort those guys put in. So yeah, I think there's a ton that could be done. Uh, I just looked at the stats and I know you got commercial coming up here, but uh, the 2020 election, $14 billion was spent on the 2020 election. That's insane. 
Yeah. And um, I think the governor's race here is the most expensive race in the nation. The Wisconsin governor's race. It's laughable and, and cryable. Cryable, right? right? Is that a thing? If it's laughable, it could be cryable as well. Um, can can I just, if I raise $20 million for a campaign race, how can I deliver that to a community? Uh, the city of La Crosse, and, we'll, and you know what, we'll get to this after the break, but the city of La Crosse has a $190, $190 million referendum for a school. Uh, two, two high schools north of us or two school districts north of us each have $75 million referendums. The city just asked for nine million dollars uh, to to com- create a low uh, low income housing, um, and I think there's a the, the French island here needs like thirty million dollars to build a water system because they've been on bottled water for a year and a half or over a year and a half now. So um, I think wow. we could use some of this money. Uh, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM six oh eight. 785-7914 is the talking text line. Adam Murphy, our political blowhard, on with me. Uh, <laughs> the best way to put that. It's funny every time, isn't it? <laughs> it, is. it makes me laugh every time. Uh, the former, uh, uh, the, the other thing, and it, does, it makes you cringe maybe or cry a little bit, but our failed Democratic Senate candidate uh, who, who was up against Mandela Barnes, who probably cries himself to sleep at night when he reads the headline, uh, Barnes raises $20 million more in Wisconsin Senate race, and he goes, that could have been me. But we have a debate tomorrow, or no, tomorrow. We have a debate between those two on Friday in Milwaukee. Wisdom's Brad Williams is going to be there. We've been talking about that a little bit. Um, and we, you know, like you, you kind of said like the, the most blowhardy thing uh, right before the break is that Republicans are stealing elections or essentially that's what you said, right? Like basically that. Yeah. Um, and they, they have, yeah. And Fred Fred has called in, and he, he he has a question, I think, in in that regard a little bit. But, Fred, go ahead. You're on with Adam. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm all right, Fred. How hey, I, uh, I, I, I would just like you to clarify a little bit. Are we t- Were you talking in the state of Wisconsin? Are you talking nationwide? Um, I, I think we're on we're on different sides of the fence on this, but but I I just see the the uh, the whole political thing, especially in D.C., as a political mess. And there's two parties fighting each other. They're they're more concerned about what they're doing for their party and for their careers than they are for the people that they're supposed to serve. So, interested to to see or hear what you say on that. Sure. So, okay, I was running for U.S. Senate, but before I got into this, uh, I I went back to college. I earned a degree in political science, another one in economics. I'm doing my master's in economics. I'm a data guy. Right? I own a software company. I'm a geek, and I love. Mm-hmm delving into the numbers, right, and, and, uh, and game theory and understanding it behind. And so Fred said something that's really interesting, and, and I hear a lot, and, and he said he's on the other side, and I hear this a lot from the other side. And it's, the, the comment is basically what Fred was saying, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but is, it's both sides, right? And I get it, because, right, do, do Democrats gerrymander? Uh, in some states where they're in control, absolutely, right? Illinois is a great example. Uh, Maryland uh, is, is another one. And I utterly disagree with that. But my question to you would be this. When you look at the policies that, that they actually proposed, so Republicans, and we can look at the, the state level or the federal level. So when you look at the GOP, and, and let me be real specific, folks, when, when I'm talking about re- the GOP, I'm not talking about Republican voters. So I'm not talking about Fred. Right? Uh, I'm not talking about you guys that are listening. I'm talking about the people that are in power in the party, GOP. What have they proposed and what have the Democrats proposed? 
the GOP for the last dozen plus years has proposed one thing exactly, and that is tax cuts for the rich, right? and uh, flipping the Supreme Court so that they can stay in power, both here in the state and, uh, and at the federal level. They haven't proposed anything else of value to citizens of the United States at all. Right? Uh, take Obamacare. You can, we can debate and discuss the economics of health care, and I've done classes on it, and I love it. But the truth of the matter is, is that when Paul Ryan was, was in and Obamacare was up, the Republicans had 72 or 74 votes to try to defund Obamacare. Right? Donald Trump said, we're going to fix you know, health care in two weeks. What have they actually proposed? All that the Wisconsin GOP has done is decline money from the federal government for, from Obamacare. It's literally cost us over $5 billion in health care subsidies that would have come as associated with Obamacare because the Wisconsin GOP has refused to accept money because they want Obamacare to fail. Obamacare was created by the Democrats. It was based on a Republican platform. It was based on Romney's Republican platform. So when the Democrats are out there, they're proposing improved opportunities for voting, right? So the Voting Rights Act, um, there were two of them in this past year that have been uh, shot down by the Republicans. When we look at environmental issues, when we look at uh, pick a topic, the Democrats actually have a platform, have a program, have something that they are proposing. The GOP does not. All the GOP cares about is their own power, well, and that's why they put judges in place to, to keep them in power. Well, here, here's an argument. The Obamacare doesn't work. My health insurance isn't getting any better. We need to get rid of it and let the free market take, take over. That, I think that's the Republican okay. tagline, right? And, and that's absolutely the tagline, and it's absolutely wrong. Um, and yes, is your Obamacare more expensive than it was? Absolutely, 100%. But you know what was going up before Obamacare? Your healthcare, right? Um, and that's uh, so. I own a small business. I have for almost 19 years now. We do health insurance for our employees. Before Obamacare, our rates were going up as much as 24 to 42 percent a year. That was in the free market. The free market can't possibly work for healthcare. We are the only country, the only industrialized country in the entire world that has the asinine healthcare system that we have set up. We're the only ones, and that's because we're Americans and we're really, we're really proud to be ignorant. Well, it's just dumb, and it's expensive. We spend 20% of GDP, 20%, $1 out of every $5 in this entire country is spent on your health care. The nearest is 14%, and oh, by the way, our outcomes suck. We're on par with Chile as far as our, our health care outcomes, uh, and they spend you know half as much as we do per, per capita. Um, so have rates gone up? Of course they have. Do you know why they went up in Wisconsin? They went up in Wisconsin because the Wisconsin GOP has refused to accept over $5 billion that would have gone towards your health care subsidy. All right. You, you mentioned the GOP. You mentioned voting and you say Democrats are making it easier, trying to make it easier to vote. Uh, I think the Republican tagline would be Democrats are trying to make it easier for illegals to vote and uh, voter fraud and make it easier for everyone that uh, isn't supposed to vote to vote. That would be the Republican line, and therefore that's why they're making it harder. Um, drivers, right. drivers, licenses, no drivers' licenses for immigrants or und- un- undocumented immigrants in Wisconsin. We want to get them drivers' licenses so they know how to drive. But uh, anyone that, anytime we talk about it, I'll have a caller say, "Well, they're going to use those drivers' licenses to vote as if they are the same." <laughs> 
Right. They're, they're not. And here's the other thing when we deal with, with uh, illegal immigrants or undocumented, or whatever term you want to use, is that we know, we absolutely 100% know that not only do they not vote, but they also don't commit crimes. And they certainly don't, or they commit crimes at a significantly lower rate than the rest of the normal population. And it's a really simple reason as to why, if you think about it. It's because they're undocumented illegal aliens, and they don't want to be caught. No, illegal immigrants don't vote. Illegal immigrants don't do violent crimes for the vast, vast majority of the, the case. They are, they, they, all of those crimes that are committed by, or I shouldn't say all those, crimes that are committed by uh, illegal immigrants and, and undocumented immigrants happen at significantly lower rates than the regular population of, of residents of the United States. We're not trying to get illegals to vote. That's not the goal. We're trying to make it easier for poor people to vote. So I, I was on the phone with uh, Democratic County uh, chairman, uh, chairwoman, actually, uh, from one of the smaller counties, and I apologize, I forget the county specifically. Um, they have one DOT office in their entire county where people can get driver's license, one. And it is open like two or three days a week and only part-time during the day. So in order to get a driver's license so that you can vote, they actually helped people, like half a dozen people, get them on a bus, took them up there so that, uh, you know, they take a day off of work so they can go up there. They get there, there's one person working in that place, and they don't have enough time to actually process these people. So these people took half a day off of work or a day off of work in order to go to the one location that they could possibly get an ID so they could vote, and they weren't able to. That's not democracy. That's not what our country's built on. Not only that, we didn't used to need it. Remember back in the day, for all of you guys that are listening that are my age, I'm about to be 51, we used to just be able to use our utility bill to prove that we lived where we said we live. There's no cheating in voting. It doesn't happen, and it certainly doesn't happen significantly enough that it will ever make an impact. And when it does on those handful of occasions where some small mayoral race wound up getting flipped by 200 votes, everybody knows that, it, <laughs> that they cheated and it gets caught every time. Every time. John texted in. He said, being here illegally is a crime, so then they all commit crime. It's just what the data would state. Right, John, and, and you are technically correct in those scenarios, yes. Uh, but what you're doing is you're implying that everything else that they're doing is a crime, and that's not the case. Um, not only that, uh, I, I can't even tell you how... Um, Pardon me, I'm going to be direct, how asinine that argument is. The fact that they are here illegally, again, means that they don't want to be caught. So doing any other crime is putting them at far greater risk. It's just the data that they don't commit additional crimes and they don't vote illegally because it's virtually impossible. This is the other thing. There are so many checks and balances on, um, uh, on ballots and on verifying it all. Really, we have in the state of Wisconsin every year somewhere between about 24 to 40 votes total, 24 to 40 votes total that are submitted to the state as possibly fraudulent out of literally millions and millions of votes cast, right? And most of the time they're accidental. There are people out in the cross, and we've talked about this, that, you know, uh, uh, use the UPS store as their address because that's where they get their mail. Yeah, that was, uh, that was lacrosse, actually. That was lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. Right. There was, it's a 17-year-old that votes in a primary because they're going to be 18 by the general election. It's somebody that votes twice because they had a mail in their ballot, but they didn't see that it got collected online, so they tried to go in in person and, and do it. And it gets caught. Right. That's the whole point. All right, we got, system is so secure. we got to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we haven't solved inflation yet.
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I got four minutes here with Adam Murphy, our political blowhard of a failed Senate candidate of the Democrats and uh, a small business owner. All right, so you you I, you're working on a master's, I think, in economics and or political science. Um, and, yep. and I, I talked about this earlier this week with a business te- a professor at Viterbo, but I don't know if we solved inflation. But tell me why when when somebody sends me a house down the road from from where I live and it's awesome, it's got a pond, thirty acres. I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. And then I go, oh yeah, interest rates went up to seven percent, so they're more than double what my interest rate is now. And I go, that's ridiculous. There's no way. And then if I wanted to buy, you talk about your Mach E. I kind of want one of those Ford Mustang Mach E electric vehicles. Well, I'm pretty sure if I took out a loan to buy one of those, the interest rates would be higher too. Why is it that when the Fed wants to solve inflation, they just make it harder for me to buy? Uh, you know, those are advanced things, but like they're, they're making it harder for me, you know, middle class, lower class people to buy things when uh, when corporate corporations are making record profits on the flip side. What, what sucks about this is that they're not targeting you. It's, uh, and, I, and, and I'm sorry if I use the term collateral damage. It's probably an appropriate term. The, the Fed itself only has one recourse. They only have one lever that they can pull, and that lever is interest. And generally speaking, that interest doesn't actually correlate, for example, with a 30-year mortgage. Um, what it is is that it's a short term, so what it really affects is businesses. And I, you know, I listened to your your one the other day, and you talk about small businesses being affected. I've, uh, and and I'm a great example, right? I'm a small business. We do a couple million in sales a year. Uh, I have a line of credit with my bank um, that's $150,000 that I can access. Well, my uh, my interest rate for my line of credit just increased from five and a half percent to think, I think six and a quarter. Um, so that's that's not huge, but it's not small. But what it's designed to target is big business. What it's designed to target is um, the only way that the Fed can bring down inflation is to bring down employment. Um, And right now, unemployment is at 3% in Wisconsin. It's actually too low. That's part of the problem. When people, when, you know, when the Republicans um, uh, talk about, um, uh, you know, the the jobs issues and nobody wants to work, no, we're at 3% unemployment and our labor force is back to where it was. Actually, it's higher than where it was before the, the pandemic. So people are working. It's just that the economy, the GDP, the supply, the growth of the country, which, by the way, increased 8.1%, which is huge. Normally, we have GDP growth of about 3%. So when economists talk about the economy being overheated, that's the problem. Businesses are actually too busy. Um, That's part of it. We had um, uh, earlier this year, we had 11.4 million open jobs and only about 5 million people unemployed. There were over two jobs per person. It's come down to like 10.2 million, so that's better. Uh, but we've got that's the only lever that the Fed can pull, and it's designed and targeted at big business. Unfortunately, um, where it will affect uh, normal people on a data basis is going to be credit cards, right? So short term interest rates. Um, By just, the flip side, you're going to get more interest. Uh, you actually get interest now on a savings account. Uh, we only have 30 seconds, but I just heard you. It's going to be it's going after big business to get rid of jobs. So, like, we're going to fire and lay off people. No, it's again. We've got 11.4 million open jobs. Yeah, that's what we need to decrease. And so, it's not that um, we'd love to have unemployment probably about four percent is where an economist want to be. So we're actually a little bit low on that. So yes, to 
potentially there's there's some capacity for it, but we want to limit the number of open jobs. Right now, it's, it's, it's twice as many people okay. or twice as many open jobs as there are people looking for work. All right, that's, that's Adam. Mur- that's Adam Murphy. Thanks a lot, man. We got to go. Hey, my pleasure.